Thank you for joining me on Let's Talk with Teresa Ann. Today is another Heavenly Wit Monday. And for those of you who have returned on a normal basis, welcome back. And for those who are just happening upon Let's Talk with Teresa Ann on this Heavenly Wit Monday, the show is based on a book I released back in March of 2020 titled Heavenly Wit seeing mission fields in the midst of battlefields. It has been uh, just an incredible journey in the Lord to see how he sees. When we finally behold him as high and lifted up, it is so amazing to watch everything come into proper place. The things that used to cause our minds to meditate or worry about or be concerned of, not that those things don't try to consume us, but when we are aware of the presence of God, things shift, mindsets shift, and circumstances are put in their proper place when it comes to beholding the Father, and His love. So on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the body of Christ. But again, it's not going to be in the way you think. So that's what's coming up next. Said these words, or maybe even heard these words. God is moving. He's on the move. God is working. God's presence is here. Or God's presence will be here on such and such date, like say of an event. And I love the wake-up calls in the middle of those cliches. Because let's just get this straight. God is always working. God is always moving and God is always present. His presence is always here. However, it's our awareness within our soul realm, our mind, our will, and our emotions that those are the things that cause us to either realize he's moving, he's here, and he's working or not. Let me give you an example. You walk out of your house every day, you lock the door, you go to your car, you're thinking of all these things that need to be done. Then out of all those moments, one day you look up and you realize, wow, look at the sky. It's so vast. And because you notice the sky, does that mean the sky just finally appeared? Or is it because your awareness of the sky is there you are now going, wow, look at the sky. It's so beautiful. And it it's like that with the presence of God. When we become aware of his presence, that's when we realize he's never left. It's our awareness that left. I'll give you another example. It's kind of funny. I, you know, have a, pr- a prayer closet And when I say a prayer closet, it's kind of where I can go and just, when I have a moment where I can just run up to my room, go into my closet, shut the door, and just really, really focus on the Father. 
like really, really just not just any kind of meditation. Okay. Cause there's two different kinds of meditations. There's the meditation where you empty yourself and don't get filled up, but only with the things of self. And then there's true meditation where you are literally being filled up with the presence of God and the awareness of his presence, that his presence floods out all the junk. See, it isn't let me empty myself first so he can fill me up. It's watching, say, a glass of like a jar be filled with junk. And then you put that jar under running water. Soon you're going to see how all that junk is going to start coming out because of the water that's pouring into the glass. You didn't have to empty the jar first for the glass to be clean. You put the jar underneath the water and all the junk starts coming out. And it's the same thing when we meditate on God and his word. That's what begins to happen. All the junk starts to come out as we are in his presence. Okay, so I'm going somewhere with this. So here I am in my prayer closet and I'm becoming more aware of his presence. And I'm just like, oh God, I don't want to leave this place. I just don't want to leave. It's like when I start, it's a little hard and a little difficult. But then once I do it, and once I start reading your word, I just don't even want to, I don't even want to leave this place. And so, you know, I'll leave the closet and then I'm going throughout my day and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to go back to the closet and get with Jesus. And one day I literally just could feel this laughter within my heart. And it was, hold on, Teresa, wait, you think you left me in the closet today when you were finished praying? I'm with you. You just left your awareness in the closet. You didn't leave me there. (laughs) You left your awareness there. So I need your awareness to be turned on at all times. And that's how, that's kind of like, that's, that's what praying in the spirit looks like. It's being aware of his spirit at every given moment, praying in his spirit. Like, Lord, let me pray in the awareness of your spirit, even in this moment. Okay, so there's that. Now, let's go to the body of Christ. We know in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the members of the body and how each member cannot say to another member, you are not important or you're not as important as I am. I want to say like a few weeks ago, I began to think about Like there was this divine pondering that was taking place. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit having me ponder this. So how do we get to that point? And then I realized, whoa, the body of Christ is so focused on the body that it forgot about the head. The head of the church is Jesus. And we focus on everything that the body is good at. We become like the church of Ephesus as recorded in Revelation 2, where we're great at doing good works. We've lost that that desire for our first love. We're good at doing 
We're good at just doing the good works. We're doing it. We're great at serving, but it's at the cost of no peace, pure exhaustion. Don't know if I can do this anymore. Being burnt out because our focus and our gaze is on the body instead of the head of the church. Going somewhere with this. A healthy church doesn't just tell you to get hooked up with a community group or a small group. A healthy church will let you know a community group is a plus, but it's not everything. If you're looking for your needs to be met, that's not when you go find a a community group. Your greatest need is to know the head of the church and to get to know him more and more so that when you meet with your community group, even though you're working out your salvation daily with fear and trembling with Jesus, you're not going to people to try to get your needs met. Because then what we're doing is we're setting people up to fail because there is no way that they were ever meant to fulfill all of your needs. Now they can help and they can be of assistance, but every life group and every community group and every church should be pointing you back to the head of the church. And that is Jesus Christ. He has all authority over everything within the earth and above the earth and below the earth. He has pure, true, holy authority. If we keep focusing on the body, we are going to get tired. And then what we'll do is we'll start relying on other parts of the body to do their job when it's all of our jobs. And the only way we can properly do our jobs per se, per se, is when we go after Jesus. Because then we can properly see everyone as we are called to see them. Not as, oh, how can I use someone so I can get what I need? Instead, the love of God, as you're in the presence of God and you're aware of his presence at every given moment, you begin to see how you can selflessly give to yourself from his love and to others. Let's get back to the beauty of why we are the church. The church of Ephesus in Revelation 2, it says that I know all the things you do. I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but not. You have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. 
If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. So anyone who has ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Here we are in a place where they're being told and they know now that they've lost their first love. So here's why it's so important. Because we can learn really well how to behave well. But when you learn how to behave well without a heart that is transformed, you become an actor. So that when hard times do come, the real stuff comes out. Not the acting stuff, but the real stuff. And will Jesus be revealed when all hell breaks loose? Or when you go back to your first love. You begin to do all the good things. You begin to be patient. Not out of a place of because this is the right thing to do, but because it's coming from a place of overflow. It's coming from a place of, oh my God, I can't help but be this way because of my great love for you, because of your great love for me. That's the difference. It's huge. It becomes this, like, it may not, it may look the same at first where you can see someone that's doing it all just because they know it's the right thing to do. And then you see the one who's doing it because they just can't help but not do it because they're coming from a place of grateful heart. And the love that they've received from the Lord just causes them to want to to do everything for the Lord. Everything they touch, everything they do, whether it's in their in the marketplace or whether it's at work or whether it's within their family or, or whether it's within their marriage, it just overflows. And, and so at first, the two types of different people, it can look good. But then it's like the wheat and the tares. But then when all hell breaks loose, you will know who the true wheat is and you'll know who the tear is. You'll know who the actor is and you'll know who the true child of God is. And it's not, this is not coming to you or to me from a place of condemnation, but this is from his love to say, when you fall in love with me, Teresa, watch how your heart will be transformed. And when your heart is transformed, your behavior will change. Watch, watch me, watch how I do things. Follow after me. When you follow after me, you will say what I say and you will do as I do, no matter what other people are thinking or not thinking. You're just following me because of your awe and wonder of my majesty. That's where it's at today. Let's focus on the head of the church, Jesus. I fix my gaze on him. Something so powerful takes place. Our hearts become transformed 
we begin to see the body in in the proper way because we are so fixed on the head of the church. And when the head of the church is beheld, we begin to see mission fields in the midst of the battlefields. Today's Valentine's Day. It's just a reminder of the love of God that we love because he first loved us. On this Heavenly Whip Monday, as we go after the Father, let's make sure our gaze and our fix is on Almighty God. Is our awareness turned on to who He is and what He's saying and what He's doing? That's what we have to remember. Because in the moments that it doesn't look like He's moving, in the moments it feels like He's not talking, it's because it's so loud with distractions that we have to kind of look over the crowd of people to search out that one we're looking for and say, wait, there he is. He's right there. He hasn't moved. It's just all this other stuff is just trying to distract me from who he is. And I behold him. I see you, Father. I see you, Lord. Thank you so much for joining me on today's Heavenly Whip Monday. I'm so grateful that you sat in with me today and heard my heart as I get to share a glimpse of what I'm experiencing from the Father's heart. And if you were encouraged by this episode, will you please share it with your friends and family? The Lord bless you and keep you. And remember what Let's Talk with Teresa Ann is all about. Bold inspiration, revealing God's goodness.